What up, what up, y'all? What up, what up, y'all? My name is Kel. My name is Anna. Hey. Cognac, cupcakes, and conversations. CCC is a podcast with a twist. Cognac, cupcakes, cupcakes and stimulating conversations. <laughs> because it's not just about us anymore. And we're striving to promote awareness of issues affecting our communities. In short, it's a vibe. Yes, we hear y'all. Yo, that was rough. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ignore it, but you're right. It was. Ah! But you know what? I find that a lot of podcasts are struggling um, with with the doing the virtual and, um, you know, from home recording. So I don't feel as bad anymore. So if y'all hear some stuff breaking up, Leave me alone, okay? Because Leave me alone. Because we... <laughs> we are doing our best, okay? I just heard the Joe Budden podcast, and I heard all kinds of echoes in the po- in the background, but I was happy as shit to listen to it. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I was extra happy to hear it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so today's episode is going to be um, featuring content interviews, actually, from um, two essential workers that uh, we happen to know. And so we wanted to get their insight on how um, their lives are affected by COVID. You know, we all kind of know how it is for us that are just in quarantine. But what about the people that are on the front lines working, doing acts of service for us? Um, so we have Diane that is an EMT and we also have Portia that is actually a nurse and not only a nurse, but a traveling nurse who's originally from New York, but currently working in Cal working and living in California and her unique perspective as well. So I'm excited to get into those interviews. Um, they are our heroes as you heard from the song playing in the beginning so um it's going to be a really insightful and fresh take on covid for you guys and of course informative something that you need to know and something that we need to highlight in our community issues affecting our communities but um B. <laughs> yes yes Kel. but we're trying to uh, you know some of it is a little you know, heavy. So we want to make sure that we start things off on a semi-light note, of yes. course. <laughs> this motivational moment of the week. The motivational moment of the week is breathe, darling. This is just a chapter, not a whole story. Basically, in, a, in the gospel version, you know, this too shall pass. All of those things in one. <laughs> right. And, you know, I love that because uh, that that's like just saying this is not the end of the story. This is not the end of the book. A lot of us have those moments where we feel that way, but it really isn't. And, you know, um, I'm just grateful to know and to believe that this too shall pass. And, you know, it's just one chapter, one long ass chapter. 
long chapter of the book of 2020. I mean, or the chapter 2020, you know. Um, I hope it doesn't extend throughout the entire 365 pages of this chapter, but you know, only God knows what's next. So, and on that note, let's get into some R&R. Some ratchetness and righteousness. It's balance. Ratchetness and righteousness is the yin and the yang of life. You got to be equally yoked with both. Okay, so for today's um, ratchetness and righteousness, we are going to keep it short and cute and light um, because, once again, we have two great interviews coming up. But um, we did want to feature a couple things. I did want to recap um, the Clark sisters' A lifetime special, you know, biography, biopic, and of course, Insecure. All right, yes. low key. Yes, but Kel, you was telling me some tea on like these nightclubs yes. trying to open back up. What was the story with yes, that? Yes, girl. So I was watching the news today on Fox Five, and basically, what's happening is these nightclubs. They like, I gotta get my bag. I gotta get my coin by any means necessary. And we all know strip clubs are the best. For the best hot wings, the best pasta bars, the food is always banging at a strip club. It's just, I don't know, it's just something about strip clubs and food. So they are trying to capitalize on that by opening up for their delivery service for their food. But guess who's going to be delivering the food? We're not talking about, you know, no, um, what is it, Uber Eats? No, we having them strippers come and deliver the food. Yes. So I'm going to tell you about two different places that are thinking about doing this. One is in Oregon. In Oregon, they originally wanted to have topless strippers to be able to deliver the food, but they're seeing a lot of issues around that. So now what they're going to do is a more toned down version, and they're just going to have the girls to wear pasties over their nipples as they deliver their food. And then the DMV. What in the Hooters? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And the DMV, um, according to Fox 5 News, let me pull it up real quick. Um, DeMarco says a spokesperson for the DC nightclub council says the mayor office of nightlife and culture told them that they don't want strippers delivering their food in DC, but this, um, the nightclubs are fighting back on it because they, they have food. So they found a loophole. <laughs> so we're going to see how this plays out. We're going to see how this plays out. Some of the um, restaurants in DC, well, nightclubs in DC will be Archibald, Camelot, and I think that might be it. For right now, but hopefully Stadium does it too because they do got the bomb wings and they got <laughs> so, some good mac and cheese. <laughs> yes, they was, do. You have was, you put me on to that. Okay. Woo, that mac and cheese. Okay. Good. <laughs> I want to go back for a, th- a t- Tipsy Tuesday or whatever the hell it was called. Work it Wednesday. Yes. Again, just for the wings. And the mac and cheese. I'll sit at the yeah. bar while they clap their cheeks over my head. Okay. I don't care. Like I just, I want that mac. That was some really good macaroni and cheese, and the wings were excellent. Um, and the drink specials were all right too. But so yeah. from what I'm hearing right now, it's just the Anglo Saxons that's doing it. But hopefully, if the Anglo Saxons get in on it and they are allowed to do it and it's legal. Um, then I'm going to need, you know, our other communities like Fuegos and like yep. you said, Stadium <laughs> to benefit from it too, especially because we're the minority and we're suffering a lot as well, um, especially even with the COVID um, 
numbers of victims, uh, we are definitely su suffering the most. So um, it will be nice to see Fuegos and Stadium benefit from this as well. <laughs> No, um, so, <laughs> so other than that um uh, what did you think of okay did, first of all did you see the clark sisters lifetime thing? girl I you didn't. know i did okay I give us the rundown girl <laughs> so yeah you know i grew up um i'm a pk preacher's kid <laughs> so i grew up listening to the clark sisters so i was like really really you know anxious to watch it and I thought it was so good. I thought it was so, so, so good. Um, I can't remember the name of the actor, but the one that played Dr. Maddie, she plays in a lot of stuff. I, let me see if I can research what her name is. Or do you know what her name is? Dr. Maddie from what show? From the, uh, no, that was the mom's name, Dr. Maddie from the Clark Sisters. Oh, I, I didn't watch it, so okay. I'm trash. Oh, yeah. But did she, was her face on like, did Demetria Lucas post her picture? Yep. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I know who you're talking about, but I do not know her name. Oh, she man. she said her name, but I do not remember. Um, mm, you got to look it up? Yep, I'm doing it now. <laughs> yeah, she looks very familiar, um, and she looked like she embodied that role um, to the with the glasses and all. To hmm? the T, like to the exact T. She was so good. Like, And it was so funny. Like, um, It was even moments where I had flashbacks um, with Going, I went to a Christian school too, a private school growing up, and I remember in the fifth grade we had this um, choir teacher who, when we went in, like he wanted to to make it big and get Grammys and stuff or whatever, but I guess that never happened for him. So he was like taking all the anger out on us. So when Dr. Maddie would take off her shoe and throw it at them when it wasn't singing right or somebody had gum in their mouth, it was like an instant flashback of me being in the fifth grade and our teacher. <laughs> Who would like throw a stick or anything? He would just find stuff to throw when we weren't singing with the right dialect, or if we wasn't opening our mouth wide enough. So, oh my god, it was it was a good movie. Like I felt the feelings, I felt the emotions. Um, it was a lot of tea <laughs> that I didn't know <laughs> about. So it was it was a really good movie. The actors were amazing. Um, one of the actors is the girl who played in um, Mary Being Mary Jane. The yes. She was really, really good. She played her ass off on those roles. And her role, um, it was this one thing that she did, which was at the mom's funeral. And it's, it's just like everybody has that one family member who just, like, shows out or comes super late and wants to act really dramatic in the middle of the funeral. Like, it'd be all peaceful. And then they come and they show their ass. She, like, nailed it to the T. And I remember being at, like, I think my grandfather's funeral. And my uncle came in. And it was just so dramatic. And that was the first time of me meeting him. He was just bust out, falling all over the casket. Like, that was that's exactly the image that she was portraying in the movie. So it was a really good movie. You definitely got to check it out. Full of laughs, <laughs> full of cries, and great music. Oh, that's good. Okay. Well, thank you for that recap. Um, what did you think of? Well, I guess I'll start with Insecure. Uh -huh. Um with my recap of Insecure. So, girl, okay, so Insecure was really good this season. Of course, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, what would I be spoiling for people? Well, it looks like Molly is back dating um, little um, Asian boy again. What is his name? Andrew. That's his name, I think. And um, I don't like his new haircut, but she I don't does, either. So. <laughs> I don't either. 
Yeah, but I like him for her in general. So for her character, so I was like, okay, cool. Because he kind of, he don't take no BS, but that also means he's not about the BS. And she's dealt with a lot of BS. So I am excited for her to be dealing with someone like that, even though she was on her BS um, halfway through the episode. I'm, I'm glad she was able to clean that up towards the end. But what I didn't like, well, I mean, this is a spoiler. What I didn't like is how then it looks like they're not going to be friends anymore by the end of the season. I know. Um, and it's funny because I started seeing all these. When I first watched it, okay, I felt like every character has, if we look at Insecure over the seasons, everybody has their moment where they're like super selfish and just all about themselves and don't care about anyone else. So I didn't, I wasn't like surprised by the way that Molly was like, being super selfish about things um but I didn't think it was gonna be that serious like the way that everybody like reacted to it like they were like this is why you need to get rid of the mollies in your life I saw so many blogs like that I was like damn y'all took it personal like that like I just thought it was just a moment like they always have these moments not even just you know Molly and her like all of them had their moments Tiffany aka Amanda Stills had that moment with the whole crew (laughs) true so I was just like why is this such a big deal like I don't want them to be like to fall apart but that's realistic that's that's life yes it is life and I mean for me so for those who you know actually didn't watch it and actually are still listening right now didn't skip ahead um the reason why Molly and well we don't know actually the reason why Molly and Issa may not be cool at the end of this season but you know, it started off with Molly talking on the phone like three or four months in the future. Looks like it's like right before the night before her event or something, um, her big festival that she's doing. And um, she's talking on the phone to somebody and she's saying, I don't know, I just really don't fuck with Molly right now. Like she paraphrased, well, I'm paraphrasing what she said, but that's basically what she said. I don't F with Molly right now. So it was just like, oh, wow, you know, like, so what happened? So, of course, they zoomed back to three or four months prior. And her and Molly are, you know, still two peas in a pod, doing yoga together, smoking blunts, you know, <laughs> just like having a good old uh, black girl magic time, you know, and, you know, rubbing crystals together and, you know, finding their center. What is it? Self-care Sunday. Yes. You know, so... <laughs> They were having a great time with each other, being besties. They they went shopping in this episode, all this different stuff. And then, you know, the ball that drops is that um, the other girl that uh, Issa seems to be getting close with is someone named Condola. And Condola, shout out to her. I don't know her real name, cool. but she also is in 20s. So I peep that. And she's um, and, so, um, sisters. The girlfriend is getting her on right now. She's in Sisters too. Mm-hmm. You better get that check. What is her name? Oh my god! Hold up, I'm gonna look that up while I'm talking. But um, Condola on. <laughs> I know. Oh, her name. right, Condola on Insecure. Hold up one second, cause I gotta say her name because. She is getting three checks at once. You better. She must have it lined up. Her uh-huh. different like shows that she's gonna act in. Yes. Okay. Her name is. You found it because I didn't find oh, it yet. <laughs> right. 
Why is it so hot? What the heck? Oh, Christina, Christina Elmore. Elmore. Yes. Shout out to Christina Elmore because you are doing the daggone thing. And I love your natural hair swag. Okay. She be adding clippings. She be wearing wigs. She be doing it all. And it all looks great on her. And she's beautiful. So I love her look. I love her style on. Um, I love her style. On, I haven't seen her on Sisters yet. I've only watched one episode of Sisters. And it was a weird episode but um i love her hair and her style on insecure and i love it i love it on both shows and on 20s and it's like two different styles Mm -hmm. but on 20s like i love how um i was watching this one little recap of 20s one time and the guy there was like different people watching it it was like watch it with us some kind of youtube uh show special that they have for the show 20s and so they have different groups of people, different generations. Like one is like one group of people on the couch is a mom, a daughter, and a grandma. And it's really cute. And the daughter is like our age. So that's to tell you like the age range of the grandma and the mom. And it's really cute watching them watch 20s. Uh-oh. <laughs> but anyway, there was this one gay guy and this girl that are like friends. That's another group of people that's sitting on the, another couch watching it. And the guy, the gay guy was like, she loves a period piece. And I was like, you know what? That's right. Because she does on 20s dress in the, and I know it's a stylist doing this, but for her character, they dress her in different periods. So sometimes she'll be like very Grecian and like have this royal look to her. And then sometimes it'll be very um, 90s swag, but like very like, you know, puff shoulders or whatever and then sometimes it's like peasant a peasant top or whatever she's just like and her colors are bold I'm sorry I really did a deep dive on that and I didn't mean to but I really did how they dress her and her look and she she's a beautiful canvas to start with as it is Mm -hmm. so I'm sure it's just that's why it like radiates off of her so shout out to you Christina Elmore you doing the damn thing but yeah, apparently she fucking um Lawrence. So <laughs> she fucking Lawrence. And so um Lawrence, you know, that's gonna be an issue because I guess Molly is being I think Molly is jealous, one. And two, also Molly is being protective of her friend. Um Raquel, can you um relate to Molly though? Facts. I am because I am very <laughs> selfish with my friends. I mean, I'm not getting rid of you ever, but <laughs> but now I don't want um, nobody new. Like no, <laughs> no, no. But like I could see, you know, I could understand where Molly was coming from. Um, I think she was being. I don't think you would ever do the thing of, uh, you know, you're just being messy. I feel like that would be me. <laughs> unfortunately like I would be the one to say it that nasty way um because she doesn't she let her emotions get the best of her in that moment when she told uh Issa like I feel like you like mess and it was like girl you ain't have to say it that right like girl now you just look like a hater like I know you're looking out for your friend but you look like a hater and it looks like it's just going to continue to develop into more hate <laughs> and more jealousy throughout the rest of the season. 
Mm, but um, I see where people are coming from with get rid of the mollies in your life because sometimes there are those friends. See, that's the extreme version. I hope that Molly is not that the type of friend that they're describing as a Molly because I think the Molly that they're describing is when you have changed and you've outgrown a friendship and now you have to, you know, deal with this person who wants you to stay the same, wants you to stay there flunky, wants you to stay like underneath them and not prosper, you know, and be great. And then also they don't want you to be with other people that they may feel threatened by as well, too. So even though Issa low-key, because of that sex scene she imagined in her head with Lawrence and Condola, oh. she low-key is a little a little threatened by Condola as well, too. She's a little insecure. But um, what's her name? Molly is definitely insecure about her friendship with, um, with uh, Issa. But I just don't feel like it's to the point of she don't want to see Issa prosper and like they need to outgrow each right. other. So I agree with you wholeheartedly about like y'all took it to the next level. <laughs> right. Well, um, you know, everything else in the world sucks. Right? So I, I think know. we're gonna cap it there. I know. <laughs> I know. We're gonna cap it there, you know. There's plenty of a uh, little DJ and producer battles still going on. All you gotta do is log on to Instagram and find it out. Like I think Teddy Riley and Babyface are up yep. next. Apparently, Babyface had, um, you know, thank God he he recovered, but him and his family apparently had the virus. So um, I guess he's well enough to do this little Instagram battle uh, between him and Teddy Riley now. And, you know, I guess I might tune into that. I think I'm going to just catch the recap of that one. I'm just spent. I got some other things I want to do. I mean, I want to catch that new show called Sayla and the States. Is that, Is that the one that you sent me? Yes. yes. I watched that tonight, too. Yes, that is interesting. Um, I think we might need to put out a new, um, like a part two version of what to watch and what to listen yeah. to. I think it's time to like refresh the list. Yeah, I'm here for it. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to get into our first interview now. So we're going to start off with our interview with Diane. Diane. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Great. You were doing good. We're so happy to have you on our podcast. Yes. Yeah, because um, we were really excited about this episode because we really wanted to get the perspective of women like you that are working in these fields. That it's already high strung and high stress as it is. And then especially during this time, it's really good to get a bird's eye view you know, from your perspective. So I wanted to know, first of all, can you tell us what your role is um, in serving your community as an EMT and, you know, how that is in the midst of COVID-19? So I am a paramedic for a city fire department, uh, which is already, you know, high stress, very busy, high call volume. Um, And our role is just, you know, not just taking care of the patients, but public education as well. And, you know, making sure that people in the community understand the severity 
of what's going on and you know making sure that they're understanding how important the orders that have been in place are being followed um trying to keep people safe trying to keep them in the house you know normally we we um push for people to go to the hospital that's kind of our job to be seen to get you know further care and treatment and that's kind of changed with everything going on now because we don't want people going you know so it's it's different for us it's a it's a huge change for us to push people to stay home and not go to the hospital and not seek treatment that we normally would want them to be seen for um but that i mean that's pretty much you know what we're doing right now that's a good point to bring up you know so do you guys feel like do you feel like you're staffed enough like do you feel overwhelmed or exhausted because it's more of your help being needed i feel like well for us in the department where i am the call volume has dropped um, i think that a lot of people do not want to go to the hospitals that don't need to they don't want to be around it people who would normally call for things that may not be as emergent are not calling um people are trying to avoid really going if they can so our call volume we have seen a decrease in our call volume but i would say we've also kind of seen an increase in the severity of the calls that we are running mm -hmm. so a lot less of the non-emergent stuff versus you know running calls that are a little bit more critical than what we may normally see um especially you know in in a city department we run a lot of calls that you know may not necessarily be emerging a lot of people that are you know homeless that are looking for places to you know sleep for the night or meals we're not really running those types of calls um a lot of these departments also mine included have um, brought in outside help. So we do have private companies, private ambulance companies who have come in to assist with the call volume and to run some of the lesser emergent calls. Um, we also have another thing in place where we're kind of like triaging the calls as we're getting them and kind of determining, you know, what's critical and what's not critical. Um, I don't think it's really more or less a stress in the call volume, but calls are taking a little bit longer. The process at the hospital is a lot different, um, getting these patients offloaded um, and somewhere safely without contaminating everywhere is a little bit different. Um, the turnaround time has increased because normally, you know, we wouldn't take as long to sanitizer or clean the back of a unit. It's taken us much longer to make sure that our units are clean and safe and ready to go for the next person so it's just you know a call that may take only an hour is taking you know two hours to do because it's such a longer process now right that makes absolutely a lot of sense you want to take those extra precautions and speaking of extra precautions how have you been coping how you been coping working in this and being member uh coping not not very well <laughs> i mean i'm doing okay but it is the longer it goes the harder it gets i have a a 12 year old son that is not staying with me right now he's staying with his grandmother um because that's the safest place for him to be and as you know as much as i want him to be here and even in the extra precautions that i'm taking you know not coming home in my uniform and not coming home in my boots and you know 
showering before I leave work and all these steps, it, it's better for him not to be here and even risk, you know, coming in contact with me. So it's definitely hard. Um, I come from a very small, close family, and we're uh, to usually together a lot, especially, you know, on the weekends and stuff. And so it is, it is hard not being able to be around my parents who are older. You know, I don't want them to be around it, not being around my son or my nephew or my niece. Um, it, it's definitely hard. And that's an interesting point that you made, you know, making sure that you're sanit fully sanitizing yourself before you're coming around and with taking off your clothes. I think I read recently somewhere saying that it travels through shoes now. So people are telling, being advised to make sure that they take their shoes off before they come in the house. How, like, how, I don't even know like how to even adjust to that. Like it traveling through your shoes, it's traveling through the air. Like how do you live a normal life with it being so, you know, rampant and it, it can come any way? Definitely not normal. And I think what, what's getting said is to the point that it's almost becoming a norm. Um, you know, we're, we're learning a new norm. You know, we're kind of taking um advice and you know things that our peers and co-workers are doing you know it's hard to because we're so used to coming home and even though even before all of this you still take you know necessary precautions to take your clothes off when you get home and you know leave your boots at the door but just remembering you know and, and having to adjust to taking those extra steps you know it was a few times that I left out forgetting to take my uniform off before I left you know running back in and taking that off. Now I, I leave my uniforms at work. I don't bring them home at all. I wash them at work. I leave them at work. My boots stay at work. I have, you know, shoes that I keep in my car that I can switch to, you know, and, and even before coming in, you know, I Lysol the bottom of my shoes before I come in so that I'm not bringing it into the carpet. And then I have a shoe rack that I leave at the door so they don't, you know, somewhere to leave any shoes that are worn outside. Um, so I definitely think, you know, the adjusting to this new norm has been a bit challenging. Um, but, you know, unfortunately it's getting a little bit easier as time goes, you know, it's just becoming a routine like everything else before this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so wait, I forgot what my next question was. I was just so like imagining you spray spraying the bottom of your shoes. It's just like crazy how this is the new norm. Like, man, um, how I know you mentioned, you know, being away from your family. Um, and that's crazy in itself. Um, but what is the craziest thing you've experienced as an EMT? Whether it was this or outside of COVID? Like, has there been anything crazier than COVID or is this it? <laughs> um, I've done this, this year will be 20 years for me. Wow. And in those 20 years, I, I started as an EMT in 2000, uh, got my paramedic in 2012. Um, I've seen a lot of crazy and, you know, everybody, everybody's crazy is kind of different. You know, i especially being in a city department, like, you know, we run a large amount of shootings. Um, being in a rural area, we run a large amount of car accidents, you know, from people's heads being shot off to, you know, my, one of my first call, calls ever uh, was a guy who'd been completely decapitated that was on his bike. And, you know, I picked up the helmet and his head was Whoa. gone. 
Whoa. You know, so, and, and I, I was, I was still a cadet. I was still not, I wasn't even 18 at the time. I was a teenager. Uh, I started at 16, you know, and I, we were trying to find the body <laughs> at the time and, you know, picked up the helmet and there the head was. So, you know, I, I've seen a lot of gory stuff. I, I have delivered babies to women who were what? not in their right state of mind. Hi. Wow. <laughs> High as a kite. Yeah. And and I, I you know, twenties I've seen I've seen a lot, but I think even amidst all the, the gory and the really sad and you know, I think this is this has definitely been the most this is the craziest experience, just everything. The lifestyle changing, the the new norm, you know it just puts perspective into a lot, just a lot of stuff. It's, it's, I definitely would have to say this has been the craziest, you know, we went through the the H1N1 and all these, you know, other things that came out, but Mm -hmm. this, you know, we are, we are, we're fighting like a silent war. This, this has been absolutely crazy for everybody, you know, and especially us and, you know, being out here and being in it because you just, you never know people out here that that aren't showing signs it's it's a silent killer you you have no idea what you're walking into you know and and with such limitations on what we have um as far as our you know PPE and equipment and everything you know you just you never know yeah 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 that that's i remember being in high school when you mentioned the this decapitated head i remember being in high school at a career fair and like it was somebody either from the police department or mm-hmm. or probably like an EMT department, and um, they were showing us pictures of all of that. Uh, and I was just like, "Wow! Like you really have to have a passion for for that." So first of all, thank you for twenty. <laughs> When this is over, we gotta do something to celebrate <laughs> that, okay? Because that's what so sometimes people are like it's it's so crazy. Because for us, that's that's not crazy. That's like norm. It's it's nothing yeah. to you know see something like that. That's just it's just kind of you know a norm for us, yeah. You know, but when it starts changing like your whole lifestyle, you know, we've entered into uncharted territory for a lot of people. You know, some people that have been on the job, you know, even longer than me that have never experienced anything that we're experiencing right now. I mean, we've gotten to the point where I'm at where we're in masks all day, you know, not just for calls, but we're having to wear them the entire time. Um, Yeah. That's crazy. Um, So what is something that you want the general public to understand about being safe? during this time that this is very real that this is this is it's real i think some people have not people who it's not hit home for them um don't realize that this is real um they go out here and they're continuing to move as if nothing is going on and you know there's been a lot of you know advertising of you know stay home for us because we're out here for y'all and 
you know, we, we've been, that's kind of what we've been pushing to, to stay home, to, to keep yourself safe, to keep everybody else safe, to, so that we don't have to work any harder than what we're already doing right now. This is hard for everybody, you know, especially us that are out here walking into it, not knowing what we're walking into, having to be away from our families. And, you know, some of us that are not even home that are staying at hotels to keep their families safe, people who can't see their kids, um, their, their family, you know, so that we can get past this. Um, I just, people, people who are not seeing it firsthand, I don't think realize the severity of what's going on. Um, it, it's real, it's scary, and we need everybody to, to play their part, to do, to do what they need to do, to stay home, to stay away from people, to not go out, to not visit, to not, you know, unless you really, really have to, so that we can get past this. And those of us who have had to live this new norm, you know, beyond just staying home can, can try to get back to life as it was. Yeah, play your part. That, I couldn't have said it any better, play your part. Well, thank you so much, Diane, for joining us today. Um, really can't say thank you enough and how much we appreciate your, your work and what you're doing and your sacrifices for us. And, um, you know, we definitely got to celebrate all y'all essential workers when this is all <laughs> over. But, I mean, I hope, you know, can't say much about our president, but you know, I hope there's some kind of bonus down the line for all of y'all because y'all truly deserve. <laughs> truly. I can't wait. Say it again. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't wait. Parties everywhere. <laughs> Turning up, okay. <laughs> and now for our second interview with traveling nurse Portia. Welcome, Portia. Thank you, my love. Thank you for having me, ladies. Yes. Thank you again. So um, I wanted to first just thank you for all of the work that you've been doing. I mean, we're friends already, but just in general, like you just being a nurse, I know some of the things that you go through, but also just in this time period. <laughs> And all that I can only imagine from what you've already told us to things that, you know, you just have to get through on a daily basis. Um, and then the special thing about you is that you're a traveling nurse. So my first question is, can you tell, you can you tell us exactly what your role is in serving our community, um, especially in the midst of COVID-19 as a traveling nurse? Okay, so I'm Portia. I'm from New York. I'm a travel nurse. I'm currently now in California doing a contract and how I provide for the community as a travel nurse with COVID positive patients is I'm on the front line. We are guiding them back to health. Um, it's very different now from me being a travel nurse a few months ago compared to now. You know, as every nurse now, not even being a travel nurse, just a nurse in general, we never had to walk through the doors of a hospital and be afraid for our lives and our lives of the loved ones around us, our friends and families. 
So our role as a nurse has changed drastically and it's just different. But our roles now is the same as always, is to guide people back to health and make sure that they walk through the doors that they came through. That's awesome and very commendable. We definitely appreciate you. So how has it been coping working in this environment, being away from your family? That has been the biggest thing. Of course, like I mentioned, that we are very fearful when we walk through the doors of the hospitals. But when all of this started, I was fearful of my family. It's like they're so far away, they're miles away. I'm all the way on the next coast. But the main thing that has gotten me through is a few people know I travel with animals. I travel with my cat and my dog. I have a whole farm with me, baby. But currently now, I just have my dog. His name is Braxton. He's here with me. I'm Braxton. Hey. Here's my bubba. Hi. Um, I cope with Braxton wise because um, I love nature, because I'm with him. So we'll go to parks that is outdoors so we can just breathe and don't have that mask on. There's no one around us and he gets to run freely. I get to enjoy the, the atmosphere and the air, as well as I cannot forget my other travel friends. Like we've helped each other cope through all of this. We are all away from family and friends. We don't have anyone out here but us for each other. So yet again, um, we, everyone is and supposed to practice social distancing, but that's very hard for us nurses. We don't, we cannot practice that when we are on the field. So because we barely are doing it at the hospital, we hang amongst each other only. We'll do things to just de-escalate, to talk and do things. We hang out, you know, just drinks at one another's house, just to de-escalate all of what we're going through. So we're each other's coping mechanism here take the ease off, kind of like, you know, take the edge off of what you guys go through. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's so nice that y'all kind of have that camaraderie amongst each other. And it's a, it's a built-in support system. Um, speaking of support, like, you know, watching what you eat is important and girl, you look good. So uh, how has that been? Like, you know, a lot of us in, in the COVID right now, thanks to Big Rona, we just, either we eating whatever or making whatever or both um, and it's struggling to work out or some of us are finding um, inspiration to work out more. So how has that affected your fitness and health routine? Well, um, I, well, I've always been the type of person I like to cook at home. I don't, I eat out when my friends say, let's go out for something to eat, but you won't catch me going to drive through on a night off, I'll cook. Um, as always, how I've stayed so fit, I still stay active. Like I say, I take, I find the best parks. Remember, I'm in a state that I don't know. So every day is like a vacation for me to learn here. It's less of a vacation now because we're on quarantine, but I still go to parks that are just open out in the open and me and him will do a little hike. We'll do a little exercise. We'll run around and it's just me and him. So social distancing is, best, is definitely happening. So just keep active. Keep active. Yes. So... With all the, the news that's in the media right now, like, is there a likelihood of a resurgence of COVID-19 after we're reunited from the quarantine? So now the hospitals here definitely are preparing themselves for that because unfortunately we don't want to look like New York. No offense, New York. Y'all know y'all home. Thanks. But y'all <laughs> 
and how they got slammed as every other state is looking out for that and trying to prevent that from happening. So they're hiring a lot of us travel nurses. They're trying to stock up. They're trying to move the clean patients, clean on the non-COVID ones so to make room for the COVID patients. And do we think of their search? Personally, I only think there'll be a search if um, our president uplifts this quarantine earlier than what we're supposed to or what we should have the length of time as to be quarantined. I think, yes, we will get a surge then. Yes, it will happen. So how do we pre-plan for something like that? Well, first take more control of it. Um, everyone unitedly needs to do quarantine, you know, and practice it very strongly and decrease the amount of, you know, increase of patient positive um, COVID patients. Ours in California has plateaued. We have increased or decreased, and I'm speaking for the Bay Area. I think LA is getting hit now compared to the Bay Area. But of course, New York on the East Coast is way more than out here. Even though we started out here, because when I started getting COVID patients, I would ask other travelers and they had no clue. They were like, no, we don't have any. And then a week changed and they were overpopulated with it. And I'm like, well, damn, it hit them hard. It wow. hit them fast. It hit us, but it never hit us that fast or that many. So it's, but you gotta get New York train stations with overpopulated, we're very close. So I could see why it rapidly got out of control. Right, right. Um, so <laughs> that's crazy and stuff. What's the craziest thing you've experienced, um, whether it was during the COVID outbreak or just in general being a nurse? Um, the craziest thing I've seen is during the outbreak is there because this is the craziest we've all seen during this outbreak. It, it didn't get no crazier for anybody, even if you're not in healthcare. This whole thing, um, everything you see on the news, we are seeing in person. So the craziest thing is the amount of deaths that we're seeing in the hospitals, the amount of colds that we are running and we're participating in. The amount of roles that us nurses had to take on because we're the primary care. So now I am the phlebotomist. I am the nurse. I am the EVS that's cleaning your room because the majority of people don't want to go in or be exposed. So we're just doing it all. Um, the heartbreaks that we have to do to call family members to make them aware that their family is not doing too well. And sometimes if we can, possibility of FaceTiming to, to share with them so they can say their last goodbyes or provide them the access to come in and say goodbye to their family member. And because it's becoming so frequently and so uh, a large amount of it is the craziest I have ever seen in my life. Um, have you become somewhat desensitized? And sorry, Cal, I saw you had a question, my bad. <laughs> um, no, no, um, no. It, it, it's still heartbreaking each and every time. Can I show them that? No. So that's when the desensitizing has to happen, but that doesn't mean I'm not feeling it. I'm not in it. I know how it is firsthand to lose something that you love so much because I've lost someone so close to me. So to explain to someone is heartbreaking. I understand their part and I understand my role. I was actually going to touch on that a little bit too from the mental stigma from it. Do, do the um, hospital offer you some sort of like therapy for that? Because I mean, that's a lot to take in and a lot to do on a normal, on a daily basis and at such a height. Like, it's not like it's just, oh, I had one patient die. You're having like several patients die per day. So like, that's a lot for someone to come home with and just kind of like go back to normal life. So do, do they offer you some sort of mental health care for that? 
they have um, offered like huddles if we want to talk about different things and stuff like that. And a good friend of mine has posted on um, Instagram and her stories access to free therapists for us. Therapists have dedicated time for us as RNs and it's free for us to do through phone or telegram how we are kind of doing and um, de-escalate and talk. So it's out there for us. It is. It is. That's amazing. Yeah. So what is something that you want the general public to understand about being safe during this time? The main thing I want them to understand is um, definitely social distancing. Um, when you are going out, because we will go out because we still need food, we still need things. And when you go out to these places, BJ's and um, Whole Foods or wherever you go, other people will be there. It's the definitely thing as I have here is wear your mask. Put your mask on. You know, at that moment, this is when it's very important. I have mentioned that I don't wear it, but that's when I am in the park and there's no one around and it's just a whole open field for me and Braxton and I can actually see when another person is coming. And I still walk around with this just in case if I do need it at a point in time. Definitely have your hand sanitizer. It's like, it's a main thing is have your hand sanitizer. Always readily available, get everywhere, all around always have some wash your hands that's the most important thing is to wash your hands and i'm not talking about washing hands. you gotta wash your hands you gotta get in there and for 30 you know 20 seconds do longer seconds ain't gonna hurt nobody it's gonna save your life do it um you know if you have to cough anything you know hair in your armpit or if you have your mask on be conservative yes you know we can still cough we're humans spit going down the wrong pipes all the motherfucking time for me like, <laughs> don't be looking at somebody all kind of wrongs because it, it you know it's just it's a natural thing to do these things understand that don't forget that to sneeze if it's a little chilly it's a human but be respectful for the people around you because things are still happening. We're going to still look at you a little wrong, no lie, but cover your mouth, do a little something here. And um, I know a thing was we've talked about before was gloves. Gloves are important, but you have to understand us healthcare, we use gloves because we know how to use them, touch something, get rid of them and put a new pair on. We don't cross contaminate and people like to cross contaminate. So now you're touching this grocery thing and you're touching that, but then guess what else you're going to touch? My phone. And then I'm going to text with the same dirty ass gloves. And then, it, oh, mama calling me all up in your face, all up in your face. When you come home, you take off your shoes, you wipe down, you wash your hands, you wipe down certain things. Don't forget your phone. Wipe, wipe, wipe the phone. Wipe them. They've been everywhere. Everywhere you've been. Because you ain't going nowhere without your phone. Yeah, I be wiping um, me and Dennis's phones with, with alcohol. Like, I'll put it on a little cotton ball or on a paper towel, and I'll just wipe down the phones as soon as we come in. And over here in um, the DMV area, they're starting on Saturday. We have to wear masks to go to any store. Like, you cannot be in a store without a mask now. Yes, they can turn you away. I've, I've heard of that. I, I don't think it has not started here in California, but I'm sure it's going to start everywhere that um, they can turn you away. No, I'm not selling nothing to you right now. No, don't come into my store because you don't have one. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Kel, you have any other questions? I mean, like, uh, I guess to end it on a lighter note. Go ahead, Kel. Go ahead. You had a question. I, know, I actually didn't. <laughs> oh, I thought you was going to say something. Thank you so much for having, um, coming on here and talking to us and letting us know, like, what the need is right now, like how we have to really practice social distancing and making sure that we're washing our hands. Thank you for all the tips. 
And we hope that everybody's out there really listening, paying attention, and is going to take heat so we can really flatten the curve. Yes. Yes. And, and Portia, um, you know, what is something that you look forward to after the COVID? Like, girl, like, we here sipping and sipping. Like, what, what are some things that you're dreaming of doing after this is over? <laughs> Easy as hell to answer. Bitch, I'm a travel nurse. Travel! <laughs> travel! Catch me if you can. I'm catching flights, baby, on top of flights. You know, and, and just to go back home. I want to go back to New York, but it's hot right now. So I'm here in California, but I want to see friends and family again. I want to I wanna hug some of my family and feel like a family. You know? I just can't yeah. wait us to be social again without this social distancing. That's what yes. I look Yes, the virtual is cool, but it's nice to have a human touch. And girl, first thing we gonna do when we go to New York is go out to eat, because you know. Oh, you ain't never lie. We gonna tear these things up. <laughs> and they, can I order that? Can I order that? Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can't either. All right. Well, ladies, I forgot in the beginning that we were supposed to cheers. Did you have something to drink? Yes, you do. Yes, girl. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So cheers, ladies, to a future without COVID. Cheers. Cheers. Get up, get out, and get something. How will you make it if you never even try? You need to get up, get out, and get something. Because you and I got the do for you and I. So we're about to do the fun moment, right? Yep. So, okay, I'll start off. So, that was great. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Five, four, three, two. Well, that was wonderful. Um, talking with Portia and Diane, um, you know, I really can't thank them enough for their services and for what they're sacrificing and putting on the line every day to protect people like us and, and help people like us. So salute to you ladies. I'm trying to find an applause to insert in here <laughs> um, because y'all are the greatest. And um, Kel, you had a great idea in mind for our philanthropy highlight. Yes, ma'am. So, as you guys know, all of our social workers are working really, really hard, overtime hours, away from their family, having to deal with all the mental strain of seeing people sick, seeing people dying left and right. And they're doing it, you know, with a brave face while we're stuck in the house. So, let's, you know, do something for them. Let's give back to them. So, what I'm asking all of our listeners to do is if you know a uh, a person that's an essential worker, whether that's a nurse, a doctor, whether that's a police officer, or EMT specialist, whoever, our essential workers, or even even our checkers people, the people at checkers, you know, they're they working on $7 an hour, $6 an hour, you know, the Safeway workers, the Target workers, the Walmart, anybody who is out there, out there struggling and grinding to get it to make sure that we have the things that we need. We're asking that you guys sponsor a meal for them or sponsor um, dinner or just give them some money for gas, whatever the case may be. So me and Anastasia are, or Anna, excuse me, <laughs> are going to be sponsoring the, um, what is Portia's uh, nurses group? The Black Girl Nurses, I want to say. Yes, Traveling yeah. Nurses. Mm -hmm. Traveling Nurses, and we will be sponsoring them as our philanthropy highlight. And we're asking that you guys do the same. Yes, we'll be sponsoring a lunch for them. Yes, make sure that you 
that's a small and easy way you know we I think when we did our YouTube special about philanthropy um, we talked about like learning how you too can give back to the community it doesn't always have to be some large amount of money that you're providing to your community or to feed the needy or feed children you know and stuff like that it's small things like this that help you build on becoming a future philanthropist so um there's so many ways that you can give back to your community and this is one of them so you know sponsor a a coffee or starbucks or you know a, a chipotle anything for your local essential workers whether it's an emt or a nurse like the ones that we talked to today or it's somebody in Target or a group of, uh, you know, a shift in Target, you know, you bring them some donuts, something, you know, to help them pass the day a little easier. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so let's get into our last call. All right. I like to propose a toast. I said toast, motherfucker. Last call. All right, so today's last call is just going to reiterate exactly what our dear friend Portia said, the traveling nurse. Um, Wear your mask. Use hand sanitizer. Wash your hands. Cover your mouth if you have to cough or sneeze. Because like she said, you are human, so you're going to have to do those things. But just cover it. Let's be, you know, safe about this. And bonus, wear gloves, but be smart about it. So don't be out with your phone, texting, rubbing your eyelids and stuff like that. If you got gloves on, the purpose of wearing the gloves is to be a barrier between your hands and whatever you're touching. And so therefore, don't touch something else after touching something that could be possibly you know compromised by the virus okay like it's a war zone out there so when you get like when I go to the grocery store I have my mask on I usually wear like a long sleeve jacket and sometimes I even put a hood on or whatever because they're saying it's attaching to the hair now but (laughs) and living in the hair but you know and I wear I you know I make sure I have if I don't have gloves I have hand sanitizer but I always, always, always have some sort of mask on. And I'm not texting nobody. I usually text my mom or my friends and I just be like, yeah, I'm about to go in the store. Meaning you ain't going to hear from me for the next like, you know, possibly hour or two hours because I'm not using my phone again until I have access to washing my hands or some hand sanitizer. Because what I'm not about to do is bring COVID in my house. And also another tip that I forgot to share based off of what the EMT Diane said, pro tip, take your shoes off before you come in the house so you don't track it all over your house on the floor. Facts. Those are some really great tips. I hope you guys are taking light for that. Share it with a friend. Make sure y'all share this podcast with people as well. Um, You can find us on all social media platforms at Instagram. Cognac. Go ahead. You say it first. Okay. Cognac, cupcakes and conversations. Twitter. Go ahead. Yes. 
So in case I talked over her, y'all, my bad. Um, Instagram is Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations. Twitter is CCC Vibes. Come chat with us. Come talk with us. Um, and our Facebook is also Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations. Um, in case you haven't seen the conversation, you know, since we're we going to add that to the watch list, you know. Right, right. <laughs> um. So make sure that you also look up Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations on YouTube to watch our conversation. And, um, you know, of course, always go to the website, CognacCupcakesAndConversations.com. And we out. Peace out. It's a vibe.